This podcast is brought to you in partnership with the Music Venue Trust. The Music Venue Trust is a UK registered charity which acts to protect, secure and improve grassroots music venues. The Music Venue Trust works to gain recognition of the essential role these venues fulfil, not only for artist development, but also for the cultural and music industries, the economy and local communities. They aim to preserve and improve venues, making them more efficient and improving the experience of performers and audiences. During the COVID crisis, Music Venue Trust mobilised music lovers to support the Save Our Venues campaign, raising over £5 million to support grassroots music venues and prevent closures. They worked hard to try and ensure that venues would survive and be ready to reopen when public health guidelines permitted. Now that some venues are able to reopen, Music Venue Trust is working to revive live, but that does not mean that all venues are financially secure. The next few months will continue to be challenging for everyone, and they will continue to fundraise for the venue support services Music Venue Trust offers especially for those venues in need of the GMV crisis service. There are some exciting Save Our Venues projects still being worked on, so please do support where you can. Visit www.saveourvenues.co.uk to donate and do your part. to another episode of We Didn't Know How Good We Had It. And this week, I'm really pleased to be joined by my good friend Adam Holborn from Sleep Outside. How are you doing, Adam? I'm good, man. It's good to speak to you. Good to speak Pretty to good. you too. Yeah. How have you been in general across the past, well, however long it's been now? Uh, I've been good, man. Obviously, lockdown's been pretty weird. Uh, I've had six or seven different jobs that are alternative to my day job, um, which is weird. Um, but I'm kind of back in the regular routine now of just working. So is it nice things sort of being back open to a point, I guess? Uh, not for me as a bartender, but for me as a <laughs> as an avid drinks enthusiast, then yeah, for nice. sure. Nice, drinks before. enthusiast, I like that. That's, uh, that's the best way to I'm put it. I'm going to start using that more, hobbyist. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah hobbyist, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I so said thanks for joining me. Obviously, it's been, I mean, we worked together over sort of November time last year. Was it just before we then? We did. Um, we won't get into that though because I don't think neither of us had a very good time whilst uh, yeah, working together what, we had a great no time but, about that yeah um, but yeah when it comes to you know music and stuff over the, the last year you've been pretty busy because I know sort of every time I bumped into you, you had something new to talk about and for those uh, listening now Adam's uh, recent well got a new act I guess with, uh, called Sleep Outside um, yes, UK math yes, fans get involved um, yeah I think we kind of misled everyone with the debut single because uh, that's about as mathy as it gets. I hate, to, uh, I hate to break it to everybody, but that's it. See, I, I was lucky enough. Um, I think it was yourself and and Ollie, the, the bassist, sent me the your sort of press electronic press kit. You know that professional thing that all bands seem to have yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and uh, listen to the EP and stuff. And I mean that skeleton is is the standout track for, for me, if you don't mind me saying, because you know it's right oh, up my street. Right. There, nice yeah, angular big chorus. Um, and I'm a big fan that you've got the, the music video up on YouTube, which obviously I'll, I'll link at the bottom there, but I love that you've put the lyrics as well. Because yeah, yeah. not a lot of bands tend to do that, I guess. Um, to be honest, it's something I didn't even think of. Um, it's just something we've always, everything we've set out ready to release has been just lyrics included. Hmm. Like, obviously digital formats differently, but when you listen to a record, you pull out the sleeve, you read the lyrics, you look at the posters, you look at the liner notes. So, you know. You may as well transfer that to YouTube, I guess. So, yeah, try and get that in the, the most, I say disposable way, but like just anyone can whip their phone out, watch it on the bus and, and read the lyrics as they go along. I mean, I did that yeah, myself. I, was, I went out for a walk and did the same thing, but yeah. 
Um, what's the sort of full release plan then? Obviously, we'll, we'll get into making sure that we share all this stuff, but what's the release plan for it? And, and we'll go back to the start as well and, and talk about how it all came about too. So, yeah, the first single skeleton came out uh, the 4th of August. I don't know when this is coming out. So uh, last week as we're recording. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's just been it's been in the works for an awfully long time. The next song comes out on the 1st of September, followed by an EP on the 13th of October. Nice. And you've got a couple of shows on your list. You've got, I say good shows. You've got a tour coming up, haven't you? We do indeed. You've got shows with Lakes and I Feel Fine, who are some incredible UK emo bands. Um, nice. I'd urge anyone to check those guys out. Well, so we, you're playing with them. Well, I mean, I'm lucky enough to be putting the show on in Cardiff. And to be fair, I have to thank you for, for getting me involved in that one. That's going to be a I really mean, we big had, one. We had to do it. We had to get Rich involved. It was uh, a TDC you know, classic. See, I've, I've got I've got a good reputation down here. People don't believe me. I'm not just a voice over, the, <laughs> over a podcast. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Even though the show's on a Monday, we're doing incredibly well it's doing incredibly well ticket sales wise not to monetary wise but having people down there is going to be fantastic like yeah man for sure um it's going to be a, i mean i said a good good party monday effectively well yeah it's also our bass player's birthday two days before oh. so we're just treating that as the, the the official birthday party and if friends and family don't come they're not they're not friends and family you know? no that's fair we won't so do friends and family discount though on tickets we kind of uh, we kind of swung that at the right time <laughs> how, did, how did the band sort of come about i know you've you've been writing for a long time you've been in, in and out uh, quite a few acts as well some, some good acts i mean you're in defeatist as well yeah one of the yeah. one of the, the best shows that myself and ethan turn of creatures have put on upstairs in, in tiny rebel that was a bit of a rager but yeah how no, did, how did you really get started um, well, I started playing music when I was about 12, 13, I think I want to say. Um, truthfully, me and Ollie have always been in it together. Pretty much every band we I've done, he's done, mm. vice versa. Um, like you said, we played into Fetus together um, for an awfully long time. I think I started that band when I was 16. Um, so I was doing that for a very long time. And then lockdown hit. And it kind of dawned on me that it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to be doing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much you know, to do with the guys, more musically and just taste changing getting older all that yeah. sort of usual yeah because well, uh, for those who haven't listened to defeat it's like sort of like metalcore post-hardcore bit of sort of progressive metal in there as well Is yeah fair yeah. first thing I mean, they are still doing stuff as well if anyone wants to go yeah yeah because they're, they're all good stuff. friends of ours as well aren't they um yeah i think that's that's the best way to put it like really we had no idea what we were doing it was kind of our first band where we really tried to take things seriously yeah made a lot of mistakes along the way as you do um, but yeah, it was good fun. It was just basically Misery Signals worship, um, as far as nice. I was concerned. <laughs> Trying to watch some really hard breakdowns and some really cool uh, little like progressive leads and stuff. But yeah, before that, uh, me and Ollie were playing in different bands in high school and, you know, just doing the whole pop punk thing. Um, going home after his, uh, going, to him, going home to his house after school just to listen to tunes, you know. Five year old kids playing some Halo. Nice. Some music. Over uh, the headset, yeah. You've got your yeah, gaming headset on I've right now as well. Get, still got the same headset on now, man. <laughs> 15 years later. Nice. But yeah, um, so you and Ollie, obviously, is it like a collaborative sort of writing process? Because I know you, you released quite a few demos yourself, didn't you? Sort of acoustically. I did, yeah. yeah. Um, before, but are they sort of branching out into um, sort of full, full tracks or are they a separate entity, but the same sort of energy coming through? So yeah, the, the project you're referring to is obviously Solstice. That was mm-hmm. a like acoustic singer song or a into it over it Owen kind of vibes, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that was again something I always wanted to do, but with defeatist and just being an adult, having a job, going to uni, doing all that stuff, time really wasn't of the essence. So I rushed a lot of those stuff, those songs out. Um, and then I think Sleep Outside is kind of a continuation of that band, but just more coherent, more collaborative. Mm-hmm. There's a full band behind it. It's not just me with a guitar. 
Um, it's just a bit more involved. It's a bit more serious, I think. Do you think you um, could sort of take Solstice songs and push them to Sleep Outside, but also the other way around? So if you wanted to strip some of the Sleep Outside songs back and do you know acoustic shows or acoustic EP, do you reckon it would translate quite well? Well, funnily enough, a lot of the songs, thinking about it, all the songs on this EP that were dropping all started um, as me and an acoustic guitar. Hmm. So I guess even if they weren't intended to be Solstice songs, they probably would have been. Um, and then there's there's an acoustic song on the record as well. Um, so yeah, it's very much just a continuation. There's not like a whole lot of difference. Mm -hmm. If you kind of break it down, if you broke down all the Sleep Outside stuff, it would be very, very uh, similar to what what you got. So I remember last year when you were sort of, I mean, you were always really, it's what I love about yourself when it comes to the passion of the music, but you're always so excited to tell people about music that you were writing, but really oh, yeah, good man. at like, yeah but like just dangling a proverbial carrot in front of someone and then be like oh yeah it'll be out in a few weeks time you're like i want to listen i want to listen to it now like i don't even know what it's going to sound like i already want to listen to it because of the sort of passion and love that you put across from it but i've, I've yeah. probably bigged it up too much to be honest with you but yeah i think this just comes from like you're you're so much like me you're the same you know we love listening to music and i remember working together we were always talking about bands and you know have you heard this have you heard this and i think that's just the way that i wish everyone everybody could be i guess I think yeah. a lot of the bands that we've got on this list, which we'll, we'll get to in a, in a little while, uh, we've talked about how they're all sort of joined together as well. Whereas I, for example, you could come up to me when, when we work together or if we're in a bar and say, have you heard this band? I'll go, oh no, but I, I know that they toured with this band that, you know, I know of and you go, oh, I don't know. And then it, they all sort of link together one it way is, or another, especially the UK. Very, very incestuous, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. I think that's the, yeah, a lot of people in that sort of UK math, hardcore sort of, um, 2009 to 2013-y, probably a little bit earlier than that. Um, bands are always like that. Or you could you could point out, I mean, we won't give away, but having members of like This Town Needs Guns mixed with yeah. members yeah. Of, of Tangled Hair and everything, and, and that's sort of our big melting part of, uh, well, I say but UK math, but it's before we even thing. got into it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's great. Like that's, that's what I want from, I want to find one band and then immediately find 15 others that sound exactly the same or yeah. adjacent. You know, put them on repeat and just keep yeah. going. Get get bored of that. One month later, do the same thing again. Different style of music. Where, where did you start with listening to music then? Have you got a sort of musical family or friends or that sort of thing? Uh, or is it just all uh, self-listened? Self family, really. I mean, my mum tried to teach me keyboard when I was probably eight years old for two hours. <laughs> um, I probably had a big tantrum and then that was it. I, was <laughs> over. Um, I started playing guitar in high school, really. Just classical, like neon Spanish style flamenco stuff, really. Yeah. Um, and then discovered metal and was like, you know, this is where I'm going. This now. is me now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, me and what was the, always... what was just a quick tangent. What was the first metal album you remember listening to? Uh, Bullet from Valentine, The Poison. Nice. Of a doubt. Just nice. Still from front to back, amazing. And that intro with Apocalyptica, the strings, man. Oh. It wasn't going to be as quite as old school as so, I thought you were so going to say. I thought you were going to throw me a Megadeth record out or something like that. Oh, uh, nah, nah. Um, so when it comes from being being in South Wales, it's it's bullet. I think or nothing, so, yeah. Right? I think so. And like Ollie had an older sister who was obviously into like alternative music and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I think like she kind of passed on the CDs to him. And then when like she chucked them out of the window and he's found them the next day, like yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> exactly. But like the earliest stuff we were listening to, or like and I, I, we still listen to together all the time, mm -hmm. is uh, Outcast and the Black Eyed Peas. Funnily enough, nice. Like the first two Black Eyed Peas albums, really like you know intelligent, intelligent stuff. Before um, Will I, I Am was people... uh, a TV celebrity rather than yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that. But you know, um, we posted the Sleep Outside track on Reddit the other day, and someone asked what our biggest influences were, and I think we said like Black Eyed Peas and Fallout Boy, and it was like, how the hell, how the hell does that make sense? Yeah. Well, that's what we, we were discussing just before we started recording about how like someone's first band could be listening to like Led Zeppelin or listen to Black Sabbath or, or Fleetwood Mac, and then all of a sudden they're writing 
black and hard death metal. And yeah, exactly. like, where do the steps go from that? But it doesn't have to be a direct influence. It can just be like a passion thing. Like you yeah, can sit yeah. and listen to, like I said, listen to ABBA and go, right, I don't necessarily want to write music like this, but I want to write a great pop song and put that into however it is that I want to put it across. But I think I think that's that makes perfect sense when you put all of that for me, like with the Black Eyed Peas and Fall Out Boy as two horrendous examples. <laughs> Fall Out Boy were the first band I ever got into guitar-wise. Mm. Um, still think the first, like the first CD I remember going to buy, like a lot of good memories attached to that first album. Mm. Um, and obviously they they were kind of, they had the heavier moments at times. Yeah. Um, but they were still melodic and then the Black Eyed Peas were the complete other end of that spectrum <laughs> and just pure melody, pure pop. And um, I think that's kind of where we ended up. Is and just you met somewhere down the middle. Merge the two, yeah. Nice. But yeah, um, I mean, should we move on to, we'll talk, uh, we'll probably end up coming back and talking about all this sort of uh, passion project and, and and where it all started from again. But should we, we'll start talking about a couple of these bands that we've got on the list here. Um, and we sort of partition them a bit. We've already branched a little bit into how a lot of these, a couple of the UK bands you put on here are all, intertwine and stuff but um the first band i want to talk about a band called crooks uk um yes yeah, yeah did you start us off uh sort uh, of maybe if you remember the first time you heard them or, or bit of that a weird one really yeah i mean like a lot of people don't necessarily associate them as a band i would particularly love or at least they have an ep that i love um but yeah i remember the first time i heard them um I remember being in high school and i had a really nasty ankle break and i was feeling pretty sorry for myself you know trying to do mm. trying to go to band practice on the crutches and stuff you know how it is mm. um and yeah, I remember finding the first Crooks EP, Nevermore, just like scrolling through Twitter. I think maybe Rock Sound had shared like a music video or something mm-hmm. um, for Tired Eyes. And I remember just listening to that and being like, whoa, this is like musically quite heavy. But also the guy has an insane voice. It's so melodic. It's like very pretty in parts. It's just got everything that I've kind of liked throughout my entire kind of musical journey up to this point. Yeah. So it was like a nice kind of melting pot of everything I'd ever enjoyed previously, I guess. That's good. How would you sort of like for, for the people who haven't listened to them, how would you describe them then? What's their the what's the Venn diagram? I guess like they'd come under the whole post-hardcore realm. Um the first EP is a lot heavier. Um it's a lot more kind of raw. The vocals are produced pretty poorly, if I can say that. <laughs> Not sure I'm best equipped to uh, comment on the guy's voice. Oh, um, no, but... I guess it'd be part of a style as well, because it yeah, might exactly, not be his yeah. voice, they said if it's it might have been produced on purpose in a kind of yeah, and like his voice is incredible, like he's got amazing singing voice amazing screaming voice and i think that like rawness of the production just lends itself so well to the uh to the music those guys were making because it was pretty like pretty frantic as well and uh, there'd be like really big kind of soaring choruses and then it would drop out into an acoustic guitar and then it'd come back with like a double kick for like a minute mm. um it was very all over the place but it kind of everything glued together in the way that it should and uh yeah it was, it's, i've got very fond memories of listening to that ep on repeat so it sounds like that that Venn diagram we were talking about before of having the Black Eyed Peas and Fallout Boy. They do yeah, have those that like yeah, you very very obvious UK pop punk, very very obvious American hardcore sort of influence and stuff. Listen to them as well, and and I listened to a bit of them earlier on today, and it was almost like you know when you listen to a band and they're not as heavy as they sound, like it's a yeah. lot more yeah. accessible. But if you know if you're fans of like the Dinager Escape Plan and, and bands like that, and you expect it to be really yeah. extreme over the top. This band don't quite go there, and I mean that in a in a good way. It's almost yeah, like they're yeah. toning themselves down, so people go right. There's so many more parts of this than just being loud and shouty. I know the the first EP, so it might be a bit of a a bit different to that. But then as they went yeah. down the line, a bit more accessible to people. I think that was almost like the um the not necessarily the problem of the band was um they had that kind of sweet middle ground almost nailed, and then they almost just fell too much onto the uh 
accessibility side for want of a better word and that's fine you know like bands want to they want to get bigger you don't want to be in an band and play should play the same 10 shows a year to the same 10 people yeah um but i think they kind of they had every all the all the ingredients of an incredible band and if they would have put maybe two or three heavier songs on that record um i think they would have had a lot more praise than it necessarily uh did have which is a shame because i think they deserve the praise you know they're but great didn't you say that they technically technically i'm using air commas here um haven't really split up in in the way that you know you know bands sort of disband and go off in yeah. different directions you yeah. said they sort of just fell off i don't know cliff. what happened i mean i've i've trolled reddit in <laughs> such a big way i've trolled instagram comments i've trolled because their singer does like a uh like an emo rap sort of project now mm-hmm. which uh you, you can talk about that with someone else. Um, yeah. It's, it's not, not my <laughs> that, that sounds so far away from my streets in a completely different town. Yeah, man. And that's nothing wrong with that. That's If that's what you're into, like stick, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like bringing stuff together. But I, I'm just still cut up about crooks, if I'm honest. Okay. Um, yeah, they just, just disappeared one day. Um, I remember having a ticket to go and see them a fuel of all places mm. um, in like 2015, 2014. Um, the show got cancelled and never got rescheduled and that was it that was the last time have you still got the ticket uh my very first girlfriend has that ticket i assume and well i mean i doubt she still does oh it's uh, always nice to get like rummaging through the boxes and finding like tickets from 2009 for shows you remember going to but i'll have to try and get that that piece of memorabilia that you need yeah man that that would be important i'll uh i'll send it to them on facebook or something so yeah we'll we'll be civil and we'll find the ticket and we'll uh we'll get them back to that that might be the spark that starts them back together again you never know maybe so i hope so i mean i'd love that there's probably only four other people in cardiff who would love that as much as i do but that's uh, four people man that's cool that's more people than came to see my band so that's all good (laughs) Um, but yeah so listening back to so around the 2016 were you sort of You'd have been college around then when you just saw just left college. Just starting uni, I think. Yeah. What well, year is it now? 2021. Um, yeah. yeah, 2016. So, so would it have been that sort of angsty, I don't know what I'm doing, going to uni sort of music vibe? Or was this, I'm going to listen to this band and try and get other, you know, my housemates or my university mates into this band as well? I think it was a bit of that, yeah. I mean, uh, like the first EP came out when I was still in high school. There's a big gap between the uh, the EP and the album like a good kind of four or five years, I think. So I remember finding the EP in high school, kind of just listening to it over and over again. Um, Burning the CD out. Disappearing. Yeah, big time. I, th- I think it's only ever been a Bandcamp release. There might have been a seven inch. Um, if there is, someone please, you know, help me up, sell me that. That's the second time someone's tried to buy some, some records <laughs> of someone on the podcast. I'm going to start up my own eBay account. Well, you know, man, you, you never know. You could have one listener, they, they might get it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm just Bandcamp over and over again. So much so that they had like, I um, don't know if you've ever done this with Bandcamp, but they have like a limit to how many plays you can listen for free. Yeah. And um, I used to have to just go into private browsing or like make new Bandcamp accounts. 17 different Bandcamp like, different accounts. Different email accounts, like everything <laughs> just to listen to that EP. Um, Fair play. And I think it was only 50p to buy, which, you know. You just as, save yourself the time. As, just a, as, a, though, as a massive music fan that, you know, it kind of pains me to say that I didn't buy so that for 50 How many tracks are on that, on that EP? There's just the four. I was going to say, yeah, you mate. It's really, really not that long either. I know you were a student, but man, that's tight. Yeah, it's tight. Yeah. <laughs> just send it to them. I'm sure if you buy it off Bandcamp now, they'll probably get about, actually, Bandcamp Friday, buy it, they might get the full 50p. They might, they might get the full 50p, yeah. <laughs> that, that, again, yeah. might be the spark that brings them back together. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll pay for the uh, pay for the petrol down to Cardiff. Oh, yeah, sure. With the inflation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
We'll have we'll have a word and we'll bring them down. Yeah, man, um, do. we'll, we'll move on to the American band now, actually, because it's one the only American band on the list here, unless we probably start chucking more bands in as we talk I'm about. Sure, but I'm sure we will. Um, band called Have Heart, which are another sort of one of these sort of post-hardcore, um, heavier than you like sort of sort of gigs, really. Yeah, man. Um, just really important band, I think, for me. Um, kind of found them at a time, maybe a year or two before Crooks, like high school, very angsty. Um, kind of when I started to pay more attention to the lyrics, I guess, as well as the music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's one of kind of what got me at first. That song to scream at the sun album is just like a masterpiece from start to finish. Um, as is the things we carry the record before. Um, but I think it was just like suddenly lyrically, I almost felt like it was like kind of mine and like I was the cool kid for for enjoying this, you know, yeah. as late as that sounds. And it was like, you know, you guys are off here listening to this. I'm understanding this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which obviously wasn't the case because I didn't have a clue what he was talking no, about. No, no. But, yeah. uh, but you but, thought yeah, you did, and that's what counts. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just been super important ever since. I think that album is just, a, like I said, a masterpiece from start to finish. Um, it's not something I go back to super frequently anymore, if I'm honest with you, um, just purely because I just don't listen to all that much hardcore. Um, yeah. But when I do... But you've got to be in the mood. You've got to be in the angsty mood. Yeah, man, exactly. And like when, when I listen to that, it's start to finish. It's never... There's never a skip track on that record for sure. So we were discussing um, the bands that are on the same label as well that, you know, didn't quite, Bridge Nine, um, didn't quite realise how many acts on there that you sort of oh, subconsciously get involved in. I mean, that's with Spike Gallows on there, I think we were talking about as well earlier on. Obviously. So good. So many good bands on Bridge Nine. Um, the list is quite literally endless. Um, yeah. Like, it's just ridiculous. I remember, um, they used to, I'm sure they used to do like a Bridge, Bridge Nine comp um and like the bands on that every every time i'd see that it would just be ridiculous i'm sure there's um like good time boys welsh yep. band yeah was that penny oh. from uh the automatic yeah. yeah yeah it was that's a link i completely forgot about but that's what a guy hey? i'm so glad you brought that back up he's uh he's i don't know I, I don't know much about alex penny but i know he was sort of a bit elusive at for a little while and i saw him recently um i don't know if anyone knows listening my friend jimmy watkins who does the running punks he went running with him and Matt Pritchard and uh, James from James and the Cold Gun. And it was really <laughs> no strange because Penny yeah. is, is not the tallest guy in the world. And I mean that with all due respect because I'm not one of the tallest guys in the world. But James is about six foot five. And watching those two running next to each other was out, <laughs> absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that he gets in and does does more music and stuff because he like one was one of those indie kids is going to hate me if he ever listens to this saying that, but was like absolutely a post-hardcore kid in an indie band. Um, obviously with us listen if you never go into the automatic but yeah yeah it's funny for me I think my only memory of the automatic was just being a kind of city fan and uh, having that song turned into like every uh, you know chant with every single player's name yeah like every every yeah, every game and um, yeah fucking great loved it loved every second of it um, but I've never met him um, I just remember remember Good Time Boys being a sick band and um, playing in Lantwit Major Rugby Club weirdly nice. enough of all places. Um, so there's loads of these bands like when you go back to you talk about playing in the valleys like Merthyr and stuff because I guess the whole like Merthyr Rising sort of scene yeah. um, with like Funeral for a Friend and, and Midasuno and, and and bands like that as well. Um, I've gone on a bit of a mid-Wales tangent or say South Wales tangent. I don't want to push it yeah, too south, far too south. far north. Um, gone off a tangent there. But yeah, uh, I guess we could talk again about like Funeral for a Friend and all those sort of bands as well if we needed to. But we'll, we'll, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring there's, around. There's so many of them. Like I said, like Bullet, you know, like funeral for Ken, even the blackout, yeah, um, kids and glass houses, like they were all just popping off when I was growing up and listening to music. I think kids and glass houses, weirdly, are still the band I've seen more than uh, than any other. Because uh, I remember, I mean, I'm a few years older than you, but I still remember that 
that burst of bands coming out of South Wales and not, not really, this is complete ignorance here. Anyone listening from me, but not realizing that they were all from South Wales. Um, they were just, to me, they were just bands. It didn't really matter to me where they were from. You know, if you listen to Manor Street Preachers or if you listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers or whatever, didn't care. But then as I got a bit older and started realizing all these bands are from the same sort of like 15 mile radius and they were all influenced and there basically wouldn't have been a lot of this sort of hardcore or metal and stuff that you and I listen to without these bands coming up in like 2003, 2004, 2005 and onwards. Um, and loads of bands now as well, like you go on about influence them, sit and listen to Bullet for My Valentine, you'll probably go listen to the first Bullet record and hear a riff on there and go, oh, I, I feel really influenced to go and write something that doesn't sound anything like yeah, it, but it gives you that yeah, push course. back to first time you ever start picking up the guitar. I like going back to what you said, like the 15 mile radius, that is truly mind blowing when you think back to it. Like I had no idea as well. I just thought they were cool bands. They, were, they all happened to be Welsh. Yeah. But when you think like, you know, like some of the shows that would have happened at that time would have been just unreal. Like, I, it is absolutely mental to think about it. I think I was talking, when I was talking with Guy and John from Ruben, they were talking about playing with 100 Reasons in Merthyr. Uh, and it was one of those like, you know, Merthyr Rising type, yeah, type yeah. things in a pub. Like an, like an all day in a, in a rugby club. Yeah. And it was like yeah, members, members of, our funeral for a friend in, in early bands and members of Midas Suno and Exit International and all those sort of things that um, back then, again, you know, they're in their scene in the South Wales scene were humongous, but like you, you tra- travel 40 miles East in, into no, England and no, no, no one really knew who they were, but yeah, man, I then- think I've even heard about that show. Funnily enough, my old, uh, one of my college lecturers played in like a, played in a band that I think toured with hundred reasons and maybe funeral as well. Nice. Um, the name is blanking me, but he now plays uh, reggae music under the moniker of Captain Accident. Um, nice. <laughs> awesome guy, like really cool guy. Still lives in Cardiff, still makes music. Um, but yeah, I remember him kind of showing me all these like flyers from all days that he played back in the day that were just like stacked lineups. Um, it, back then, it's like five quid to get in. Yeah. And obviously, and now, I was, now people are paying I was, like, 45 pounds some... to funeral for a friend again. Yeah. Rightfully I so, like, I should throw that in there. But yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. I was like some 16 year old kid with a fringe, you know, just looking up to this guy, like, wow, you are. <laughs> you're the king let me shake your hand you, please you've been here <laughs> yeah, uh, well, let's go back uh pull myself back from the tangent that i accidentally caused there but yeah back onto to have heart like um what was do you remember what your first proper like introduction to them was or was it another one of those like finding some music and then finding a load of bands that sound the same and they were one of the ones that stood out to you um i don't remember exactly like how i found them or who introduced me um, but I remember very vividly the first kind of thing I saw of them was the the, the DVD of their last show, mm-hmm. um, which obviously sucks because couldn't have couldn't have been there. Yeah. Um, but I remember the first thing he says, Pat Flynn, the vocalist, when he gets up, is um, uh, essentially that the show is raising money for his mum's women's shelter, mm-hmm. um, and that you know all the profits go in here. That's the first thing he says. He doesn't introduce the band. He doesn't you know he doesn't do like what is up like the whole yeah. Metalcore, hardcore guy thing. <laughs> he just walks up there. He tells you why he's here, um, and then he just plays some some insane, like actually like you know important music. Yeah. Um, so I remember that being really cool. I remember being sat in this very house downstairs, um, just on my sofa, just watching it at like one a.m. as a kid. Just like, being like, oh, this has God. changed me. <laughs> like tech, send all my friends a message on Facebook. Like, yo, I just found the band. Like, I did it. <laughs> um, yeah. So. I don't like I said, I don't know who introduced me. I don't know how I found it. It probably would have been some long-winded tangent from even maybe good time good time boys, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, because I was a fan of those guys. And maybe just looking through Bridge Nine and Yeah, just checking out it might be one of those compliment uh, compilations you were you were talking about. Because I know a lot yeah, of man. like hardcore, post-hardcore labels, punk hardcore labels as well do that sort of thing, don't they? Because I I guess 
in a way they kind of know that the music isn't isn't the most accessible to everyone or you're not necessarily going to go deep diving into records so if you get this nice little taster of each one of the bands that they're putting stuff out on chances are you're going to, well you're probably going to find 20 bands that you like the sound of anyway because you, you're into it but well yeah it's it, perfect really when you think about it yeah and it gives you it's, it's not quite now that's why i call music where you know tell you what <laughs> not to listen to um yeah. but i guess it's that here, here's this collection of music written by people who are passionate about music and not just in it for the money yeah man, sure. then you can deep dive on from there yeah absolutely i think i think like there's a bit of importance kind of lost in those compilations mm. um like I said, I can't even remember if it was necessarily a bridge line one. It might have been the America's hardcore compilation, actually, hmm. that I'm thinking of. Um, but yeah, like, you know, if someone was to do that now, I'd be all over it. You know, say, for example, there was a new label popped up, like Big Scary Monsters, that were doing that kind of like UK math, emo, that vibe. If, the, if, a, if a label popped up and I, they just released a 10-track compilation, uh, you know, I would be all over that. I would be listening to it front to back buying all the band's merch, buying the records, you know, like digging deeper. Um, so I'd love to see that become more of a thing, but I guess like Spotify. Well, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say, I was having a discussion with someone the other day about, about compilations and things and saying like, you know, we, we joked earlier on about dad rock, but there's a great Spotify playlist. I called this is what I call dad rock because, you know, everyone loves listening to Hold the Line by Toto, which is a superior song to Africa, oh. and everyone can fight me if yeah. they want to uh, argue with um, that. I'll, I'll back you. I'll fight that corner. Thanks, man. We can, and I'll, yeah, it's all right. You can tag in first because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a lover, not a fighter. But um, with things like that, it, it, it's almost like compilations have been pushed out of the window by Spotify playlists. And yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, I remember scrolling through my Spotify actually only earlier on today, it happens all the time, but finding playlists I made. I mean, this, this podcast came from a playlist that I made collaborative from bands that, that aren't together anymore. That, that was three or four years ago that the idea came in, but um, it's not quite the same as, like you said, getting a CD. Again, like remember buying Kerrang! magazine and getting Mate, all the you know, time. 12 or 15 talking tracks. Um, talked about this with someone yesterday. I remember the, the anniversary of Nevermore. Yeah. I don't know if it was like the 15th anniversary, 20th anniversary or what, um, but they did a just like a full covers version of Nevermore. And I found so many bands on that record. Like so many bands. There's um like the Exits, Arcane Roots, loads of those kind of UK bands that were very small. Yeah. They're just like, you know, that was that was how I found it. That was how I discovered it. It's because Rock Sound, Rock Sound are really good for that. Not to I'm not gonna name drop loads of magazines, but Rock Sound are one of the first, I would say, other than other than reading the NME when I was 14, 15 years old, you know, because everyone likes the strokes and, and everything. Um, but like Rock Sound, I remember going to a Rock Sound tour with Dinosaur Pile Up, the Exerts, Japanese Four Years. And it not not coming across something like like that, like a, a not even a label, just this entity that's putting its name onto these bands and going, we like these bands, push them out. I know there's like Kerrang tours and things, but they're yeah, arenas yeah. and they're almost kind of like inaccessible like, to a lot of people. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like it's it's not stumbling upon. You don't stumble upon an arena show like no. by accident. You're not just floating around like the NEC arena or or MEN or anything like that. Going, oh, I wonder what's going bit. on in here tonight. Oh, it's some 41. Um, it's a bit different to that. And, and it it almost like, I thought it might have sparked a bit more of that because I know there's like the Vans Warped Tour thing, but again, it's pretty unobtainable to, well, you and I, I guess we're not flying across to Australia yeah, not, or America where they're putting it on. Yeah, not yet. We'll buy our own private jet though when, uh, the, yeah, when the EP comes out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess that, that sort of compilation, if you will, has been lost. Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. And like, you know, it's for better or worse. Like I use Apple Music every single day of my life. So I'm not going to be the guy who stands here and complains about streaming sites because 
you use them it's so so useful like it's sick um i can get out of my car i can go to work and listen to music all day and that's that's the thing though isn't it like there there are people who just just consume music like that where they're just just going to listen to it that's it they don't really mind what's happening where they don't necessarily understand the behind the scenes sort of thing then there are other people such probably you myself a lot of the people who listen to this are probably the same where you'll listen to a spotify compilation if you will or a spotify playlist like the new rock or whatever and you'll discover your new favorite band on there, but then you'll spend a load of your time outside of whatever streaming service that you're on. On You're on going to Bandcamp, you're buying stuff from Bandcamp Friday, you're buying stuff from the band direct and putting your money into it that way to yeah, support them. And, then, and they're supporting other bands and it's just like that big kind of community yeah. feel, which I think is like, has always been my favorite part about being in a band is like you play a weekender with someone you might not necessarily love their music, but you'll buy a t-shirt, you know, you'll support them. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll wear that t-shirt for your next show. You'll share them on Facebook. Like it's obviously very different now to how it used to be mm. in that regard. Like it's a lot easier to kind of get someone else's name out there. But like, I just think it goes a long way, you know? Yeah. Like bands loving other bands is one of my favorite things. Man, huge, huge for me like, in, in discovering so many of these bands as well. Well, I see, especially if the bands, like you said, but you mentioned just there, if you don't, if the bands don't sound alike, but they get on, like, I mean, we, we can go on, we'll, I'll bring up one of those. We're going to talk about color in a bit, but bands like color, and we've talked about Blackfish don't sound alike if you sit and listen to them together, but they'll tour no. together and they'll have an absolute party together. But yeah. the crowd, I think Tom, Tom spoke about this in the episode, but the crowd at a color slash Blackfish show, neither of the bands wondered whose fans were going to turn up more. And then they realized that it didn't matter that they sounded different. They were in this, this same scene that we'll, again, we'll probably go into even more detail in a second, but in the same scene, the fans just like the scene. They yeah, like yeah, the bands that sure. like each other and and they're all, you can see it, I know we said it's weirdly incestuous back in back in the day, um, but it definitely was in a good way. Yeah, in an amazing, yeah, maybe there's a better word for it. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and edit this bit out, aren't I? Just, 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 <laughs> incest is bad. There we go. We've covered, yeah, covered yeah. all bases there. That's the disclaimer. Um, but yeah, are, are you still, before I do move on to the UK scene, which we will definitely go in elbow deep, but... Um, are there any sort of like heavier hardcore bands and stuff that you know maybe even bands that are still together now that you you've listened to that you probably wouldn't have discovered if it wasn't for let's say crooks or or have heart there's plenty man i mean like the list is endless a lot of the guys like matt and ollie of steve outside kind of joke about it a lot of the time what how Um, many that you like well yeah it's just like how weird the taste is you know like i love the, the uk emo stuff but i love the metal i love a lot of hardcore stuff and i love a lot of like the weird um like a lot of prog metal as well, which yeah. is just funny. To well, like people. Tesseract and... Mate, yeah. big time, in a big way. You know, like that first Periphery album, all of that stuff, like very like weird, weird stuff that mm. I guess a lot of people don't necessarily expect me to be into. Um, but yeah, I mean, like in terms of bands like Have Heart, there's a band called Foundation, who huge, huge fan of. Um, Incendiary as well, who I think, uh, are they still going? Or maybe they just got back together. Um, truly can't remember, but they're, their first album, um, The Cost of Living, I believe it's called, is just incredible. Um, a lot of that kind of like metalcore tinged hardcore, I guess, would yeah. be the best way to put it. Um, bands like Repentance as well from the UK, vegan straight edge hardcore. Nice. Just <laughs> ticking um, all the boxes just, there as well. Just super ignorant, just <laughs> like in your face, tells you what it needs to say, and then just disappears. And I think it's like, I think it's great. Fair play. Yeah, I need to get into to more um, your sort of American hardcore stuff because when I was chatting with Damien about the chariot, 
I listened to the chariot quite a bit from then on, but didn't quite branch out from there. But now I guess like have heart. I've seen that on the list in here with, with bands yeah. like that. They sort of meet in the middle. Yeah, man, not for quite sure. the same level of hardcore, I guess, because you know, each band has their own sort of there isn't quite the Venn diagram or the join with a lot of these bands, but um some of them are heavier than others, some of them are a lot more accessible than others, but I definitely need to add them to the list. Another this, band this, I'll never uh, get to see. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I actually had tickets to the um the most recent Half Heart reunion as well. Mm. Um, that was a couple of years back, wasn't it? I think I was having a 2019 three, or something like three that. Three years ago, 2018, yeah. 2019, something like that. Um, I had tickets for one of the lead shows, dinner going for a whole host of reasons. That this could it be that like it was all the way up in Leeds? Oh, I don't know, man. I've I've travelled to Leeds. I think it was in it. It might have been. No, I wasn't in Broodnell. Sorry, that would have been a lie if I would have said it was in Broodnell. But Broodnell's a sick venue in Leeds. It is, yeah. Um, and I'd be happy to travel to Leeds to see anyone because that city is sick. I, I think Leeds again. My tangent has the best this is no offense to any other music scene this is my own opinion no one else's opinion has the best music scene in the uk at, the, at least over the last 10 years for me um and that's just coming from someone from birmingham who had johnny foreigner and, and black sabbath and blackfish but yeah leads just i don't know what it is i think something in the water up there just spawns oh, so many fantastic yeah, musicians a few few great bands unfortunately i've never had a good gig in leeds though as a uh, as a performer um, well, we'll change that. Which is a shame because that city is class. Uh, I remember the last time we played there was right before we finished. We all finished uni with Defeatist. Mm-hmm. Um, we played, the opener was a rapper. And then I'm pretty sure there was like an acoustic act or, you know, there was like, it was just a it's weird. One of uh, those nights. One of those shows. And it was fine. Like, you know, I like rap music. I like acoustic music. So that's yeah. fine. Um, just didn't really make a lot of sense. And I remember um, Ollie, who now plays in Sleep Outside. I remember him having like his final major finance exam the next day. And uh, him just, being asleep in the bunk with his laptop open with a bunch of spreadsheets just like that in his face <laughs> um and then he failed the exam he just oh, like, shit. Um, but he's now a, he's now a sick guy you know he's got his, got his he's now a sick guy he's like, sick guys, yeah he's got his he's got his degree he's got his businessman watch he's, he'll, he's um, the handsome one isn't he he'll, he'll, he is the looks yeah in all seriousness <laughs> he'll appreciate me uh me shouting out his business watch that's for sure so uh, what a guy eh? ollie ollie slacky what, what a guy <laughs> big up ollie um, let's talk about UK math because let's we both know this is really why we're here. Yeah, please, um, please. Let's uh, let's talk about Second Smile um, because why the hell not? Uh, um, truthfully, these were a bit of a weird, not a weird choice for me um, because I love this band a lot, specifically the record Years, which mm-hmm. we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said earlier, I know absolutely nothing about this band. Uh, they went around when I was then when I was into the music, like. Mm-hmm. They broke up pretty. So they, they almost like pre-gamed a lot of the bands that we've spoken. About, a lot of the UK, like Tube Lord and things. Yeah, this, yeah. this second small sort of split up was two thousand nine. So a few years before, I mean, most of the records that we listen to now, like um, I think See Me, uh, Meet You in Another City, and um, well, most Color records as well. Yeah, man, come out a couple sure. of years after that. Um, um, I think they were almost like the kind of. Uh, they walked so color and blackfish could run could run yeah, yeah. um i'm which, sure the guys in those bands wouldn't mind hearing that either to be honest well man, I, I, yeah. like I, like i said to you earlier i really don't know what happened to them either i know the one dude i think plays guitar in lonely the brave now mm-hmm. but besides that absolutely no idea what they're doing and i'd love to i'd love to know if they were still doing music or any other bands they played in prior to second smile or afterwards or what because like i'm sure they would be they'd be sick so we were looking at the bands uh, before we started recording. Me and Adam were looking through the bands that you know are all linked together with this. And the guys from Second Smile, I mean, they they played with Fall of Troy, 
But then also, weirdly on that end, they also toured with Get Cake, Where Cake Fly, which, again, you and I were fans of. Can't quite draw the line between the two bands, but it is, I, uh, I guess it's another one of those, like, if a band gets on with another band, the fans are going to get that and going to go out to those shows. Well, yeah, it's like you said with that the Blackfish episode you had, it's just that, like, community, isn't it? I think that was important. Um, and you look at BSM, like they are surely solely responsible for that. I think, yeah. I think you know, we'll give them that. Yeah. As well as being a stick label, they are pretty much responsible for 95% of my daily music listening, I think. And I like, guess they like Kevin and do the right thing, stuff. don't they? Yeah, like, yeah, like man, I think... finding them in the first place, finding the bands in the first yeah. place, is, it's not easy. Like you get to go to a lot of rubbish shows, I imagine. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, but the one that's where... your avant-garde uh, basement shows. Yeah, and it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to play this song solely on the loot. And you're going to be like, all right, cool. <laughs> let's see, how, let's see <laughs> where this goes from. But I guess like that 2000, let's say 2008 to 2014, because uh, I guess towards the tail end of a lot of those, those bands' years, um, now are full of so many amazing records that probably didn't get the recognition that they fully deserved. 100% back yeah, then. 100%. Um, I mean, even myself, I, I always admit back then I wasn't really into going to shows as much as I should have been um, and missed out on so many fantastic shows. My local venue, The Flapper, would, would have been Blackfish and Tube Lord and Colour and Shapes and all of those bands. And now I, well, this podcast proves I completely just missed the boat by about <laughs> five years. Um, but yeah, I, I think you, you're right in saying that Big Scary Monsters and Alcopop as well have done the yeah, right thing yeah. with with keeping those bands in our in our eyesights as well. Um yeah, for sure. Like a, a um, good like Johnny Foreigner, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um still doing stuff. Um and if it wasn't again for Alcopop, keep pushing pushing their stuff and be like, oh, I remember Johnny Foreigner because I never forgot Johnny Foreigner. <laughs> like but <laughs> now a whole yeah. new audience who've listened to to the bands that have gone there will now go back and listen to discographies that they released. Yes, yeah, I mean it's, that's the kind of way I found them. Obviously like one thing I will say is a massive shout out to my friend Caddy because without him, there'd be no color, there'd be no second smile. Hmm. He's uh he's a few years older. He was in Brighton at the time. BSM was popping off as well. Yeah. So he showed me a lot of those kind of bands and you know, he'll uh, he'll absolutely love the uh, the ego boost this has given him. But yeah, nice. without him, like you know, it would be very different. But I think um I think the thing with with like like you said with BSM and all that as well is like um and even discovering bands is I found bands like Lower Than Atlantis, for example, who mm. referenced bands from BSM as a teenager so then i went backwards and then i went backwards and yeah just that kind of trickle down effect and then it's come to me now as an adult listening to an album that came out in 2008 and thinking it's incredible like when you know maybe it should have been the case at the time like they just didn't necessarily get the recognition that it deserved i guess which is there's loads loads of bands now as well i mean your your band included and not not to say just because you're here but your band included that are almost now going to hopefully take that torch from, from those bands and no pressure, obviously involved <laughs> yeah, in that. But, but the, I remember the bands like classically handsome brutes when they came around and uh, a lot of my friends and, and, and colleagues and stuff were like, they're going to be the next blackfish. And we're like, well, we don't want the next blackfish. We want the next, you know, classically handsome. Brute. We want like those bands to be the bands. And I think there are a lot of bands like that out there now. Like I said, you, you go on, going on tour with lakes. Um, oh, they're, 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 yeah, for sure. They're a huge one, I think. Incredible band as well. A really incredible band. So hopefully in the next like four or five years, hopefully they won't be talked about on this podcast if I'm still doing it four or five years if <laughs> one of those bands aren't together anymore. But you yeah. want them to be those bands that people talk about, but be able to continue. And, and I don't want people to miss the boat on bands like that. I don't want people to have to do a podcast like mine again and talk, <laughs> yeah. talk about bands that aren't together. 
Yeah, um, you you cover it for the rest of us. Yeah, I'll just do it for the next. I'll just do it until I'm old. I am old, but let's carry on with that. It's, but... it's interesting that you say that about lakes. Like I always think of lakes as being like the kind of um, the modern day American football, I guess. Hmm. Um, in the set, you know, musically they're quite similar. There's yeah. a bit more poppy influence from lakes. There's more melody. There's more like kind of choruses and stuff. But I think you know they're not too far off. And I know Matt, the drummer, he's a huge fan of American football, as are the rest of the guys. So I'm sure there's some serious influence there, but I don't want them to be a, those guys to be a band where in 20 years they're suddenly huge. Yeah, you know, like I want those guys. They're they're so deserving of it that I want them to be big now. I want them to keep growing. You know. Yeah, you don't want our kids to look back and go, oh, "I remember that band." Go, ah, there's yeah, I don't want to be that guy like, who's yeah. like in his 40s with his kids going to see a lake show. Like I want to be seeing, <laughs> I want to be seeing lake shows all the time. You know, yeah. and I want them to get bigger every time. I guess you talk about American football as well. They're a band that I mean, again, completely missed me by. Not my cup of tea. And I think I've actually said this to you before, and I'm pretty sure you didn't speak to me for about 25 big, minutes. Big disagreement over that one, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just, it's just a bit too twiddly for me. But alas, you know, each to their own and all that. But I guess that comes with, with influence for these bands as well to show that a band like American Football, releasing a record back in 1999, which still only sounds like a year ago, even well, though it's... For reference, I was, I was two years old when that record came out. Yeah, you make me feel fucking old. So, but, yeah. but yeah, like imagine... The band like that releasing that record and not really, I guess, I guess they wanted to be massive. They wanted it to do really, really well, but then it was 10 years, 11 years, 12 years down the line that some of these bands started getting influenced by it. And that almost probably would have sparked them back to life to come back and do another record. And I believe they're releasing another record as well. They've done three now. Three now, yeah. Two since the, uh, since the, uh, the reunion shows initially. Yeah. So, yeah, so there must be some form of, you know, bands going back, listening to, you know, these bands. I'm not talking about listening to Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and all these humongous bands obviously influence more people than you could possibly imagine. But these bands who probably didn't imagine they would influence people to the level yeah, that they did yeah. uh, and then showing them how important they actually were to that scene. Um, you know, I say growing up because there still would have been only I mean, the people in, in our music scene would have been five six seven eight maybe ten years old and not picking up an american yeah. football record as their first cd like it's not yeah, like fallout the... boy for example like yeah man that's the thing that like a lot of like i always find it kind of funny as i talk about these bands all the time as if i was like there yeah and, like, i wasn't you know i was listening to fallout boy as a kid and i still am but well, you, i think you feel part of it don't you like, yeah i think it's, it. i think i've always been lucky in the sense that um a lot of my friends like you know like growing up in cardiff there's not a huge alternative scene anyway hmm. i mean there probably is more so now because you had um, McCluskey but... and Jar Crew. Yeah. <laughs> that's a niche reference. Yeah, but you know, that's um, what South Wales is though. Like <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like you know, you know, there's there's always there's like the older kid at the show, or like there's the guy you went to high school with who's like got the car, he will drive you to the, the gig, he'll then yeah. like and he's not listening to half him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah, it just kind of um it kind of snowballs like that, I guess. And um like I hope that you know when I'm old and jaded that i can introduce some people to some don't get jaded man come on (laughs) (laughs) i remember the first american football record son Mm. Um, but yeah i mean talking obviously on this same team we'll we'll, we'll talk about color now um another one of these bands that sort of passed me by admittedly and i think you may have said around about the same because i mean you wouldn't have been much you know a few years younger than me but these bands still sort of ended 2012 2013 14 sort of time um how did you sort of get into them? Was it the same sort of thing, discovering BSM bands and then yeah? So, funnily enough, it was the, s- the same day. I just found Color and I found uh, Second Smile. I believe actually the, the very same day. 
I remember the first year of university, my friend Caddy again, um, big ups to him. Mm-hmm. We were driving home from Traforest, USW. If anyone knows, there's a pretty horrible university there, which we both <laughs> attended. And um, yeah, used to take him home occasionally. Um, I remember just driving back down the dual carriageway and him just like, he he's the first person to grab the orcs. Like he's always got the playlist pre-made for the party. Like, you know, he's, he's hit, that guy. Every piece of music has to be curated perfectly. And I, mm. I fucking love it. Like nice. it's great. Um, so yeah, um, I remember him just kind of chucking in, chucking in that. Um, we were playing a gig together. He's playing Defeatist as well, for reference. Um, we were playing a gig together. So the, the way home from uni, he showed me uh, Second Smile, which I got really excited about. Then he showed me Color, who I maybe didn't get as excited about at the time. Mm. And I remember that night we drove back to his house, um, like picked up the guitars, you know, drove to we played in Hobos and Pretend. Yeah. Um, and driving back to Cardiff, he played me Over the Moon, the the Color song we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. And um, I remember him just kind of going like, wait for it, just just wait for it, just wait for it. Wait the for outro. It. And it's the outro, yeah. And you know exactly what I'm going to say. Like, yeah. it's it's so repetitive and it's so like, so simple, but so genius at the same time. And like, that's it. Like, if you play that to someone who doesn't necessarily listen to the type of music we listen to, whether it's you're talking about angular, different time signatures, a bit of angular riffs and things, it is very, very simple. But if you listen to it underneath, there are little tiny, like jarring yeah, things yeah. that, like weird overcounts and, and things like that too, which if you left it on for the end, people would think the song was skipping. But to yeah. you and I, you're like, right, here we go. Here we go. And then yeah, like was, the, uh, when everything kicks in at the end in that outro and still keeps with that jarring time signature change. Oh, man, it's almost like know. such a release, I think. It's like, yeah. And like, you could even see it in him who, you know, he'd been listening to that song for like 10 years or whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. And like every bar, that little kind of extra layer that gets added in, he was kind of like, you could see him go like, oh, does, yeah, he, okay. does he clap every time? Yeah, cool. Yeah, you got to yeah. clap every time. Man. Clap every time. It's like a um, yeah, I, I just remember it like kind of building up and and like the two of us just being like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Um, the whole way down the A470. Yeah, man, exactly. Exactly. Corriton has the obvious change <laughs> straight through. Don't, um, tell, don't tell everyone where you live. Come on. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I just remember like absolutely loving it from that moment on. And then I remember going to pick up um, I'm sure we went for a beer or something afterwards. So I left the car at his. I remember going to pick up the car from his the next day, just listen to Color the whole way, the whole way on that bus. Just anthology, start to finish, just threw it on. And that was it. I was just hooked. And I have been ever since. I tell See, every single person I meet about that band. So. It was my my, my friend Ben, uh, who's in a, a instrumental band called the Mayors of Toronto. He lent me Champions by Blackfish and Color anthology on, on vinyl. I think it was over Christmas one year. And I just remember sitting in sitting in my bedroom and putting them on one after the other, like yeah, that's a, a, that's a hell of a double bill and a continuous loop. This was even before I realised that like they they toured together and you know this whole scene was there. I was just like there was a Blackfish record that just sounded like this, and there was a Colour record that sounded like this, and I didn't really tie the two together. I just loved everything about both of them. And yeah, now yeah. obviously you and I could name another thousand bands in between them that all link together in some kind of uk math post whatever tree and i mean again even with bands now going back and listening to those albums that came out in 2010 2011 2012 those albums to to those guys are american football 1999 to johnny foreigner you know yeah man so maybe the sleep outside record's going to be a uh i would love that to i'd love that to be the case you know um and like i that's something i always want to try and do is like anyone who listens to the band like I don't care what happens to it. We could, you know, we could be playing the O2 next week, or we could be playing like to ten people next week. 
Mm. Um, I'd like just want to kind of champion other bands. I think that's yeah. the best way to do it. Like I said, bands love another bands. Like I said, genuinely is my favorite thing. When you, when you see a band raging about another band on social media, like, which let's be honest, social media is supposed to be about shouting and screaming about your own stuff. It's like, look at me, look at me. It's a very <laughs> yeah, narcissistic yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So when you see the other, other side of it, where it's, you know, let's take Frank Carter, uh, for example, he's, whether we like his music or not, if you look on his social media, he's always pushing other people's music as well. And, you know, for someone who, I mean, doesn't necessarily need to push his own music because he's got a fan base anyway, but to show his fan base that, you know, there's these UK acts like Slow Tie and stuff, which are completely nothing like connected. He goes, listen to this guy who's going to be the next big whatever. Um, It does mean a lot. It means a lot for the fans as well, to be sure. I I think it means a lot to fans. And it means a lot. Like, I, I always think that, like, you know, you never knew. I could just really love a band. I could share them. You know, I could go see them. and something could come of that, you know? And I'm not talking about that from like personal gain as in like, oh, I'll just go and watch this band and then we'll get to tour them and then we'll steal their fan yeah, base. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it, I think it should be like a very like community thing where it's like, Absolutely. oh, you like us? Then like check out these guys and, you know, hopefully they'll do the same for us, you know? Yeah. What's um, really? and I just I just think that's just, it's just cool. You know? I, miss, I miss the day of the gig swap. A gig swap still a thing? We got asked to do a gig swap yesterday. So they oh, are absolutely well introduced still a thing. I used to love that. Like we did, my old band did a couple in, from Bristol. We did a couple in London and a couple in Liverpool. And they were always my favourite things because that goes back to, it didn't really matter what your band sounded like or what their band sounded like. They wanted to come and play with you and you want to go and play with them in their yeah, city sure. with their fans. It was... Um, uh, it was hilarious. Like I, I literally got the message and was just like, wow, I've been teleported back to me, like starting my very first band, cold, cold messaging promoters on Facebook. Like it was just straight flashback. Where, where, where was the gig swap? Was it a worthwhile uh, gig swap? It was uh, not really. I think it was London, hmm. but uh, our drummer Matt is based in Southwest London. So it okay. kind of didn't really end up being a gig, gig swap. Just but, going um, to hang out with him for the day. Yeah, essentially just go to somewhere that we go all the time anyway. Um, yeah, I was I, I kind of almost felt like kind of happy that it was still a thing. I was like, ah, oh, cool. Like people still do this. I think but it like, definitely needs to be more of a thing still. I've been doing it, you know, like I've been guilty as anyone of just like cold messaging, like cold calling every promoter in the world for the last like, <laughs> two weeks. Like, hey, <laughs> we got a song. Um, you should listen to it. You should book us. Hmm. And it sucks, you know, it's like it's like working for a call center. Yeah. Um, but trying to also promote something you're really passionate about and then having it shut down. Yeah, if you, if you get the one show though, the one show can really make the difference for it. Especially, like I said, in the type of music that you're writing and you guys are, uh, are performing works because it fits so well within so many bands. Like you could could play with a post hardcore band because you you guys are influenced by that. It doesn't necessarily sound like it or necessarily come out, you know, audibly like that. But you sit and talk with the bands and you, you name all these bands who've got on the list here. You know, your best mates for life. Then, and it doesn't really matter where or when you're playing, they'll probably want you to come play with them. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I think that that's just that that's the best part about our scene, I guess. It's like in the same way that you and me became friends is just from talking about bands. And alcohol, like, alcohol and bands. Yeah, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's perfect. Like you and me can talk about so many obscure different people for as long as we want, you know. And that's just cool. And like we're friends because of that, because of just some guy picking up a guitar and playing tunes. I fucking um, love music, man. Yeah. So you know, I think like any form of connection like that, whether that's through like someone finding our band through another or vice versa or I just think it's you know it's it's great. It's back in the days of Last FM. Ah, oh, mate, I missed the boat on Last FM. You showed me uh, there, Rich. It was honestly, I remember sitting in my friend Andrew's house. I'm talking when I was about twelve or thirteen years old now, and discovering what Last FM was. And I think this was even before you could listen to music on Last FM. This is how long ago it was, and it would just be 
you'd find a band let's say for example we found blackfish and then you wouldn't listen to them you just look at bands out of them then you'd have to go on limewire or napster yeah and you'd have to like sorry all these bands have probably got so many illegal linkin park singles <laughs> somewhere on a computer at home um but you have to go on and that's how you would discover it from there um and then you'd uh then you'd download it from limewire and realize it's actually like a jay-z and uh, rihanna yeah mashup but the worst alas Those people were the worst live and learn though right yeah man they were the original trolls bro i'm convinced those those people who used to call like you know Lincoln Park in the end, but actually it's like Timbaland and Nelly Furtado. Like, yeah, and they knew exactly what they were. They doing. knew what they were doing, man, and they have every time, every time. And let's let's sort of end talking about Sleep Outside. Then what's the what's the end goal? What's the the plan? Is there a record in the in the mix? Is there is there like a, a solo tour, like just you guys taking other bands with you, or what's the what's the the plan? There's, well, there's loads in the in the works at the moment. I think like it's obviously a pretty busy time starting a band. Um, like truthfully the pandemic was a blessing like we recorded all this music right before um everything reopened essentially yeah so when i went back to work when the guys went back to work like we just had everything ready to go it was like cool to just post it on the internet and see what happens yeah which is obviously great um so like i said we've got the ep coming out in october we've got the tour dates with lakes and i feel fine um we're in the process of sorting something for january and february as well like a big big long tour which would be very exciting if we can make that happen um, and yeah, just loads more music. Like I've got probably 40 or 50 songs like that we could probably go into the studio with and record. Amazing. Um, or at least kind of like flesh out, you know. So is the first record going to be a double album then? <laughs> oh man, I wish. I wish. <laughs> if you Clyro style. That's, uh, that's, that's the only thing we're kind of struggling with. And I was like, what to do with it all really, I guess, is like everyone listens to singles these days. So do we want to just keep like putting a single out a year, a single out a month, sorry, for the year and then make it a record? Yeah. Do we want to do another EP? Do we want to do two songs a week or two songs a month? You know, like it's there's so many options for us now, but I think that's kind of cool as well. Like it's not a bad thing to have, I we guess. Can just just see where see where the landscape takes us, I guess, and hopefully play as, as many shows as we can. Well, I'm really, really excited for it. And like I said, I, I've already listened to the EP and it's already saved in my phone on the link that, that Ollie sent me. And I, I'm really I looking forward to it. everyone else hearing it as well. I have genuinely listened to Skeleton about a hundred times. <laughs> good um, man, good man. That's I've always I'm got here. the YouTube video, I just gotta look at Ollie's face. Yeah, that beautiful face that boy that Cypriot beard oh it's beautiful isn't it but yeah yes. I genuinely um, wish you all the best luck with it um, make sure we'll share everything you know we have been already I guess but um, if anyone is about in South Wales make sure you, you come down to the Tiny Rebel show with I Feel Fine and Lakes and where else are you playing as well this will, this will go out before these shows don't yeah, worry so. Cool. so we're playing uh, the first show is Brighton the 19th we got Cardiff on the 20th is that Bristol, the Hope the Hope and Ruin yes that's it yeah which is a sick venue. So I'm excited for that. Um, then we're playing the exchange in Bristol on the 21st. Um, and then Kingston fighting cops on the 22nd. That'll be, that'll which be a very good show. me as a color fan is just unbelievable. Cause I remember watching a, a live video of color um, at fighting cocks and just being like in awe. So uh, I remember in, like in four weeks. I remember, time. I remember trying to tell my girlfriend, like how exciting that was for me to play in fighting cocks. And she was like, it's just a venue. Like, you know, it's not just, and I was venue. like, look at this color video. Like it's look at this YouTube video right now. <laughs> Gaffer um, tape it to a chair and be like, watch this. <laughs> so yeah, that's super exciting. And um, Fantastic. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. And then Tiny Revel on a Monday. Whoop, whoop. Hell yeah, man. It's the only place to be. Cool. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me and Cheers, good luck with And we'll make sure we'll get all the shares and everything from this. But yeah, pleasure to chat with you. That's fine, it's been a pleasure.